Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 78 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the twisted genius Dean Ayers, and I'm joined as ever by sports journalist Liam Happ. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening. How are you doing? Not bad. Not not great. You know, just just bled. You know, considering that we've all got to uh, you know, get, our, get our shoulders hunched up and brace ourselves for the next four weeks here mm-hmm. in the UK. Uh, that being well, said, in, in England at least. Yeah, true, true. But then half of our viewership, as you uh, half of our listenership, as you frequently point out, is is currently coming from. The United States, and obviously they've got their own shit show to deal with. So yeah, but I think the the one the one part of the world that, that um, our stats tell us about that we we never really give enough prominence to is uh, is parts unknown because we have we have a, a a small percentage of listeners who who are listed as unknown, and I think that's one of the great staples of professional wrestling. Uh, but the thing is, is they have it worse at the minute, Dean. Even worse than here in Britain and over in the States as well. I mean, I, I know that the residing mayor of Parts Unknown, Ultramantis Black, uh, had to resign due to a scandal. And there's been all sorts of uh, commotions going on ever since then. There's, there's been uprisings. There's, been, they tried to pass a uh, an annual purge as law. And it almost went through, but it didn't. There's been riots. There's been looting. Uh, I, th- I think the old, yeah, the the Ultimate Warrior Memorial Center was torched down. And, and I heard that the uh, Prime Minister did try uh, the old switcheroo in the Parliament Building. Yeah. Terrible business. W- wearing killer bee masks. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, we 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 said this before, and hopefully that we we will be entering a second golden age of podcasting, Liam, as we hit lockdown. In reality, Dean, I'll say this right: if we can just get past this, figure out a way to to be able to either either live without the virus taking too much of a toll, or get that all elusive vaccine and get back to. Not, not the new. I'm sick of hearing the new normal. Let's get back to the old normal. If yes. we can ever see that old normal, um, I will the old hear... normal where we had wrestling shows, live shows with crowds. Exactly. That's what we miss. And if we can get back to that old normal, I will hereby declare on this very podcast that the golden age for podcasting is not over. We will continue to try and provide as much content as we have. Uh, during the quieter periods where we've had a little bit more time, we will try and keep it on a nice regular pulse. We've got into a good groove and we're going to do our best to make it a never-ending golden age of podcasting. The the good times just never end. Or begin. Or begin, yeah. Um, before we uh, move on to uh, our, our episode today, we are instantly, we are 
doing a watch along today. Um, if you do want to watch along with us, then um, we are looking at the 34th episode of Monday Nitro, which was originally broadcast on May the 6th, 1996. We are getting ever closer to the two hour nitros. Um, but before then, I want to just talk about someone who who actually we, we mentioned in the last uh, episode we recorded last week with uh, British wrestler RJ Singh when we were looking at Halloween Havoc 1990. Um, and we we very sadly we lost we lost a good one um, this past week. Tracy Smothers, um, one half of the uh, Southern Boys and the Young Pistols, I believe they were were they United States Tag Champs at one point, I think. Um, but uh, certainly WCW staples, and then of course Tracy Smothers went on to ECW. Um, where he uh, was part of the full-blooded Italians from Nashville, Italy, um, and um, yeah, he'd he'd had um, he'd been suffering from lymphoma, which is the the same uh, disease that that took uh, Irish Stu Allen, my old commentary partner, um, and. Yeah, Tracy Smothers, he basically came over to the UK for an extended tour back in 2006, worked for a number of promotions. Um, most notably for me, he, he was a regular in 1PW um, uh, up in Doncaster. He also um, he also worked for RQW. He uh, co-commentated with me very much spur of the moment. He was a co-commentator for a match between Rowdy Ricky Knight and the Japanese star Suwa. Um, and he was just a, a great guy. And, and what's been kind of heartwarming to see on Twitter has been that so many people um, have have basically been telling the same kind of story about Tracy Smothers that he loved this business. He even, even as a, a 30 plus year veteran, he would watch as many of the matches as he could either you know, from the back of the arena or monitors and he'd give advice to people and was just able to adapt to whatever circumstances came his way. And, and also was just a, a genuinely nice bloke, a really nice bloke, great sense of humor. Um, there was a great um, tweet from um, Edge talking about how him and Christian went down to America um, on a tour and um, had virtually no money to their name. And Tracy's mothers looked after them and um, and made sure that they had somewhere to stay and somewhere to eat and, and basically just made their lives uh, a lot better than they could have been. So, um, yeah, just 58 years of age. But um a great um a, a great unsung hero of the wrestling business and someone who who you know has has made made life and made the wrestling business better for for a lot of people listen up slap nuts that's right this is jeff jarrett the chosen one and you're listening to because wcw now choke on that okay um are you ready to uh, to go go into this episode of Nitro? I am ready for one of the final, uh, very short, very brisk episodes. And the last couple have been good, so I'm, I'm hoping yeah. for another wonderful, dazzling sprint here. So last time out, we had we had the title, the big title change happen. Yes, uh, it was the giant at his crowning moment. Uh, the st- uh, we, we've noted some of the storylines have been a little bit wonky 
and stop start but when when they do start and when they really go they tend to be quite good in this era now that hulk hogan's buggered off and Indeed. they have finally pulled the trigger on the giant and he's you know especially with a with a champion to put him over like the nature boy he just looked like an absolute unstoppable force and it's going to carry on for a little bit i think yeah okay so we are ready to go may the 6th 1996 if you want to watch along with us um so i if you're ready we're on zero 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 and we will press play in three two one play and there are those burning buildings indeed there are and of course uh the first 10 seconds of the uh opening titles are exclusively hulk hogan in the contract i'm sure but I am a big fan of your uh, zero, 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 zero. I think there's more zeros there than there are Ric Flair getting press slammed per match, which is saying a lot. That's saying something. Oh, beautiful. We're at the beach, Dean. We are. Daytona Beach, Floyd. Is that the, oh, is that the Bayfront Center? I think you might be right. WCW hotbed area. Yeah. I mean, we've had some big events, big, big time WCW shows happening in uh, Daytona Beach. Mm. Between there and Jacksonville, that's pretty much all of their uh, Bash at the Beach pay-per-views, a lot of Nitros, a lot of other pay-per-views. Obviously, their, la- their last ever pay-per-view, Greed, came from Florida. I think that was Jacksonville. Yeah. And uh, can I just point out that Eric Bischoff is already referring to what the hell that poor dog is being made to wear today. Oh, His wow. Pepe the Sailor Man, apparently. Looks more like it belongs at the top of a Christmas tree, Dino. <laughs> He's looking at Mongo, like, to say, why do you do this to me? Why why do you make me dress like this? <laughs> we have some WCW technical issues. Heenan's mic isn't properly wired up. No. Sounds like... But everyone's chanting weasel at him. <laughs> it sounds like you did in our first seven episodes, Dean, in the toilet. <laughs> Bobby Heenan is in the toilet. Oh, oh, there's there's the dog. He's going to eat a tin of spinach, isn't he? Maybe he's going to eat the tin of spinach and then just claw Mongo's eyes out for I dressing would, him like that. I would pay to see that. I'd rather pay to see that than Slambery 96, which is what we're hurtling head headfirst towards. And we've got some great matches here. We've got... Stephen Re- Lord Stephen Regal against Sting, which I think yeah. will be right up there with our Sting Malenko match. Mm. And talking of Malenko, he's against Jushin Thunder Liger, who, as we mentioned before, he's over in the US getting ready for Slamboree later on in the month. Meanwhile, Dean, in our Randy Savage reverse squash rotation tonight, it's Hugh Morris. And there he is. He looks rather pleased at the prospect of getting about four minutes pure offense before eating an elbow drop. Have the, I'm sure that these two have faced each other on Nitro before. But That's I'm, probably I'm why he's so me. happy. He's getting extras. he knows what he's doing, yeah. yeah. I know Savage faced Meng before, but I don't know. I'm sure they've faced off before. And um, Bischoff is already... Bear in mind, this is May. Bischoff is already talking about how cool their new pay-per-view of Hog Wild will be in August at the Sturgis Rally. 
Of course he's hyping it. 250,000 racist bikers in attendance, not he's, paying a pen. He's going to hype it like mad. He re- As you pointed out, uh, there's no live gate. He's hoping that the pay-per-view does record numbers to justify his, his, uh, his busman's jolly on the motorbike he owns. Mm. Macho think... Man is back to sort of some semblance of a, a normal for him outfit. Meanwhile, the commentary, ever since this broadcast on Nitro began, I think I count up at 47 how many times all three of them combined have referenced him as crazy and having lost it. Isn't that just the Macho Man's default mode, though? Mm. Oh. He's just been um, blindsided. Yeah. And why? Why not? Why not start with a with an attack? If you're going to have any sort of chance, you might as well jump the gun. Sign says Pillman's and, click. And, uh, the the match click, yeah. And um, I think it's just been confiscated by someone. It's nowhere to be seen anymore. Um, the uh, the Macho Man Nitro formula has has started off strongly because. He hasn't even got in the ring or got any any offense in himself. It's starting off with Hugh Morris straight in there. I've I've just seen an even crazier thing in the crowd. In in the era uh, where Hogan is not actually on the TV show, I've seen someone voluntary wearing a Hulkamania shirt. I saw that along with the guy with the sign who's wearing an ECW T-shirt has not been removed. But the ECW t-shirt is far more commonplace than a Hogan shirt when Hogan isn't making sure they're given Hogan shirts. Yes. Well, this match has been going for a couple of minutes and hasn't got in the ring yet. As I say that, Hugh Morris gets into the ring. He just did a big body slam on the outside to the match around, and he's He's now back on... Morris is back on the outside. He's gathering together the match man's ring entrance attire, which is very kind of him. Yeah, um, maybe he's going to give it a good, uh, a nice press. Make sure it's not creased. Oh, he's wearing the hat. It suits him. He's even going to put the jacket on. I'm sure those sunglasses had something else on them over over the lenses. He's... uh... Yeah, it's a lime green outfit, and he's he's doing a he's doing a, a an impersonation up there with Jay Lethal. Yeah, and Savage is now, I think he's trying to gouge the uh, sunglasses into Hugh Morris's eyes. Oh wow, gouge, gouge something into his eyes anyway. He's yeah, Magnum TAing him. <laughs> Say I quit. No, boom. Say I quit. No. Boom. Okay, so this is not Randy Savage formula. I'll, I'll give them this much. They're, no. They've actually gone a different way for once. Yeah, this is Savage going crazy. Oh, he's going he's gonna to hang Hugh Morris over the ropes with his ring jacket. And finally, the referee's remembered how to count. And he's disqualified yeah. him. He's disqualified him as Hugh Morris is going a bit limp. So this is all to put over the fact that, as commentary mentioned, I think once or twice, the Macho Man has gone off the deep end. 
I'd, I'd heard a rumour. I'd heard a rumour that he had. But but the main question I've got, Liam, is what's the deal between um, Lex Luger and Sting? Ah, and will there be a deal this week between Luger and Sting? He's going to add an elbow for good measure here. The fans are into it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I try and hang someone by the neck, I always finish it off with a big elbow drop. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. They had to pay I, the... The Victorian sorry. executioners had to be paid extra for the elbow. Yeah. Oh, i tell you what I like, though. Oh, smacks the ref, yeah. i tell you what I like, though, is the continual ringing of the bell to add to the chaos because oh. it doesn't do a bloody thing. But I always... When I, when I was emceeing, I always liked to ring the bell multiple times for no good reason. For me, that is one of those underappreciated uh, wrestling staples that doesn't apply to any other aspect of life. But you wouldn't want to see wrestling do away with it. Yeah. And um, referee Mark Curtis, who is a very accomplished wrestler in his own right, has uh, taken a very good body slam. And Macho Man's about to uh, elbow drop him, but referee Pee Wee Anderson is trying to stand in the way. But we know he's going to get out of the way when Macho dives like air. There you go. Straight on to Mark Curtis, bless him. I was about to say, why has he given all of that to her, to Curtis? And Anderson only got like a threat of a punch, but at least Macho committed and did actually try and grab hold of him and chase him out of there. Because he's, he's crazy. One. Oh, here comes Doug Dillinger and a load more refs and some uh, police. Um, I guess they're police officers, are they? The bell's still ringing. Wearing some very fancy boots there. Now, they definitely don't look like local independent wrestlers. <laughs> and yet, they also don't look like policemen either. No, I'm quite amused as to who they really are. It's the lack of powdered sugar around their lips that makes them think <laughs> they're not policemen. <laughs> Doug Dellinger's having words. Oh, who needs a police force? You've got Dillinger out there. He'll haul him out single-handedly. Yep. Do you know, out of all the all the uh, the people on the peripheries of WCW, I think Doug Dillinger would be one of the people I would love to get on this podcast. <laughs> Just so he can say, so what did you actually do? Because he must have had, you know, actual responsibilities. We need to set the wheels in motion for that. Hmm. Well, he's not actually been. He's getting escorted out. That's because uh, they're uh, they've got no authority over him, as they are just from the local extras agency. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Liger Malenko is next, Dean. Oh, lovely stuff. So, yeah, I've. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm guessing this is just a random one-off excursion for Liger. Oh, he'll be for Slamboree, you said. Well, he's yeah, he, he, ah, came, he he's in for Slamboree. So um, fair enough. So basically, um, I think he came in a few weeks early, maybe to acclimatise, maybe to just set some angles up on the wall. I guess we'll find out if this is just a one-off match or if this has any kind of angle coming out yeah. of it. Yeah, I gotta say they've they've put a, a graphic up on the screen. Marking the the passing at this time of Ray Stevens, famous wrestler, yeah, and they've actually put the the 
contact number for the Cauliflower Alley Club, mm. encouraging to make donations, which is a really nice fucking touch for WCW. Mm. Caught me off guard. Like, they don't normally Yeah, and, and saying how close Bobby Heenan was to him. That helps, I guess. Okay, so here comes Dean Malenko. Because if you think about it, Dean, um, there was that there was that infamous moment in 1999 after Gorilla Monsoon passed away, mm. where Heenan got a moment to talk about Gorilla, and he he always felt that Shiavoni was was a bit abrupt about it, and it caused a problem between them. And it makes you wonder that Heenan probably was one of the people who who made sure that they honoured the past and and his his oh. old acquaintances like that. Just speculation, but. Yeah, I remember that where Bobby Heenan just chokes up a bit at the end, doesn't he? Mm. And um, and what happened that Shivani moved on too quickly for his liking, or or what? Yeah, from what I saw of it, it was like kind of like we were talking about Tracy Smothers earlier and his passing recently. I I, I didn't say anything. There, there was nothing, to be honest. I could say that. You, you know that could go that could follow on from someone who has worked with him, who's met him, and so we basically, you know, you said your thing, and then and then we moved on to the watch along. And mm. from when I saw that, I got the impression that Shivani basically he, you know, Heenan said his thing, very emotional. Shivani took a beat and then moved on to the next segment. Like, and I think he said in shooting views afterwards, it, there was nothing to, for him to try and follow on with even just a few words means nothing because there's nothing he can add that yeah. can, do you know what I mean? So that Absolutely, was Shia yeah. side and I kind of saw that in it, but I could also see how it seemed a bit moving swiftly on. But then yeah. what do you say? What is yeah. the transition there? There's there, no right or wrong very, answer. Yeah, you can't, it's very difficult. It is very difficult. Uh, you know, it has to be said. But, um, Loving that Liger outfit, that is fantastic. I, yeah, I was going to say now, is he is he going to be some sort of a subtle heel here? Because he's got Sonny Ono, who of course we friend spoke to. Friend of the podcast. Few, yeah, friend of the podcast. We spoke <laughs> to him a little while ago. Um, so, is Liger going to kind of be a, a default heel here, or or is he going to just wrestle his normal style? I hope he wrestles like a heel. Because Liger as a heel is an absolute dick, and he's fantastic at it. Liger and um, Otani were really underrated in their heel behaviour. Oh, of course, we can't just have a cruiserweight match. We have to have some uh, distraction, and it is Ric Flair arriving in a tuxedo with Elizabeth and Woman in tow. Oh, great. Now, now woman's got to try and resist the urge to cheat in this match, even though she has no horse in the race. Mm. I'm telling you, every, every 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 moment of every day of every TV show she's on, she was she was just itching to cheat. The only valet in recorded history to have actual uh, withdrawal syndromes from not cheating in a match. <laughs> Beautiful brainbuster, by the way, from Liger. But but the, look at the crowd behind them, and the vast majority of the crowd are looking over to where Ric Flair is. And apparently, we're now going to a break. Well, 
I will reserve my ultimate judgment for after the end of the match. But they had a sequence, you know, had their like, you know, faster paced opening sequence while we were talking a little bit about Heenan and Monsoon and that. Um, they had the crowd's attention. It was a decent, energetic opening. Then they've gone to the mat wrestling, slowed it down a bit, and they've timed Flair's arrival to that. Now, assuming they give the match a bit of justice towards the end, uh, I think fair enough. And we're back to uh, the in-the-ring action. Malenko with that great kind of short, calfy drop kick of his. He's, uh, I thought he was going to go for the cloverleaf very early. Yeah. There, but he's just working on that one knee. Softening him up, as they like to say. Well, from a, a, a match story perspective, it makes sense. Because one, as you say, it softens the leg up for the cloverleaf. But also, it softens the leg up to mean that the Liger can't use it as a base for any aerial moves. Or, or at least it'll, it'll be more difficult to. So... Um, obviously, something that's too um, too obvious for the commentators to even acknowledge, but yeah, that's the sort of thing that, that in a, a match situation you would you would um, you talk about to just enhance the viewing experience, which is what a commentator is supposed to be doing. Well, of course, me, Mongo is the one who mentions it. Out of all of them, it's fucking Mongo who's actually doing his job correctly. Don't, well done, Mongo. Don't tell the Twitter account that. They'll actually have a rare case of Mongo doing something right. Um, that, of course they Mongo. don't want to prioritise uh, the match in the ring. They need to prioritise more pressing issues like, what's the deal with Luger and Sting? <laughs> what's Flair eating and drinking at his table? Is... Does he have any pre-existing allergies he needs to be wary of? <laughs> Beautiful handspring elbow block. He'd find dinner out with you a frustrating experience, wouldn't he, Dean? Oh, God, yeah. Can't eat that, Rick. It's got wheat in it. Well, I should be careful with that. It's got high sugar and I'm diabetic. <laughs> I bet a woman's making the right mess of her meal because her hands are shaking from cheating at wrestling match withdrawals. Yeah, but she's already uh, pickpocketed the waiter, so she's <laughs> Beautiful. Cross body block, air liger, as you say, yeah, to the floor. So, this has been a decent match. I'm guessing the, the backstage, the plan is, look, go out there, have a good match like you guys can, but hold, hold your stuff because, obviously, this is mostly about telling the audience that Liger's here and he's going to be part of the pay-per-view. That's obviously assuming that he does something significant. We know with the benefit of hindsight that Slambury is a bit of a shit show and it wasted a lot of people who appeared on that on that broadcast. Yeah. But what I like there was Liger went for that cross, that handspring elbow block again. And this time... Malenko knew what was coming, caught him in midair, and uh, and and countered it. Oh, he's going for the super gut buster. This was oh, like yeah. one of the best finishers in the mid nineties. I don't know if he used it as a finisher though, did he? Oh, and that look at that look at that crowd. That move always gets a reaction. So assuming. 
I'm, I'm guessing we might get the finish very soon here because what I was going to ask is, there's very often moves that are... Oh, reverse reverse the power bomb. And Malenko kicks out. So, no, the match yeah. is just raging on. So, never mind. My, what I was going to say is, he'd often hit the move and then add the cloverleaf. And there is a yeah. history of wrestling moves where where someone would use a move where they'd never actually get the pin straight after it, but... Oh, Tiger Bomb. Oh, we pinned yeah. Liger. Well, I was going to say, that um, that uh, Tiger Bomb, Tiger Power Bomb type move was often what he'd used to set them up for the Cloverleaf. On this occasion, he got the pinfall with it. Yeah, he's gone for the sit-out and held on yeah. to it for the pin. Normally, but, yeah, he'd hit it Steiner-style, wouldn't he? But hold on to yeah. the legs and transition smoothly in. But a few, but, fair few times, he'd uh, hit the super gut buster. Big wow move. There's no way you can recover from that. But he'd add the submission rather than yeah. pinning. He'd do the submission. And I was yeah. going to say, there is a history of moves like that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, one that springs to mind immediately from my childhood is Jake the Snake Roberts and the short clothesline. Yeah, very short rarely clothesline used in the middle down of a match. Into the DDT, yeah. Mm. It, either, it was either followed by a DDT, a DDT attempt and a schmoz because they wouldn't want to have a decisive finish, or, or and that was it. Those were the two options after a short arm, weren't they? Yeah. Okay, we've got Mean Gene with uh, Flair Woman and Elizabeth and... Uh, I'm waiting to see what uh, what woman does to uh, Mean Gene. Mean Gene's doing a remarkable job of focusing only on Flair, but here's that hand, Dean. Here's that first stroke <laughs> of the shoulders. Here we go. Uh, there we go. Look, now he's, he's awake. He's awake. <laughs> I-, I love that he-, he he remained very well positioned, professional and focused. And then that first hand just crept onto <laughs> between yep. his shoulder blades, and that was it. Meanwhile, Elizabeth has moved her head, <laughs> and she's smiling. And I'm trying to think of other complimentary things to say. Flair says the giant got lucky. And woman looks fuming mad about the fact that Flair's lost the belt. Uh, he, he says, have you got a question for me, Mean Gene? And he says, I want to know where my drink is. <laughs> I've given him a sip of champagne. So this is this is all a rather um, shrewd kayfabe cover for Flair for the fact that he did indeed lose the world title, comprehensively so, last week. Yeah. This is how a hill should kind of come back, isn't it? And just completely... Second, sorry? This well, this is a good way for a heel to bounce back from a big defeat oh, like yeah. that. To just pretend it never happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little, a little, a little oh. veiled threat to Arn there. Arn is on the opposing it's, um, side. Flair yeah. and Savage against Anderson and uh, Eddie Guerrero, isn't it? A little bit of mic time for woman. I don't think now give Elizabeth any mic time. No. Oh, here we go. It's time to uh, it's time to harass Deborah McMichael. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah. I mean, so, do you know what? I wouldn't even qualify this under. It's a different time. The hill, the hill is being a dick. The commentary team, including her husband, are 
saying it's out of order. This and, is... uh, it looks like uh, Deborah McMichael's being brought over a glass of champagne by Jimmy Cranky. She, oh, they they, they had a, a, a busboy pass on one of the glass of champagne to her, and she just was, tipped it on the floor. That wasn't the busboy. That was Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> now there's a reference that's going to lose us our American citizenship. <laughs> If the bullseye references and the other such things didn't do it, that will. Oh, dear. oh fuck, they've given these with mic time. She stuck her one-liner, you'll be one relieved light. to know. One liner. I love that. Oh, fuck, they gave Elizabeth mic time. I was truly worried she was going to ruin a, a, a very good segment there, but no. And just she's... as the... Just as the camera cut away, there's a woman offering Mean Gene some uh, some more champagne. Oh, man, to think right, right now on in, in in another life, in an alternative reality beyond our mortal coil, woman is just absolutely harassing Mean Gene right now. For eternity. While Elizabeth stands there very awkwardly. So we've just had another Blood Runs Cold promo. And uh, now we've got the macho man apparently trying to to hypnotise us into eating uh, Slim Jims. Well, he is off the deep end, remember? Yeah. Is that is that legally? Are you allowed to try and hypnotise people into buying a snack? Oh, well, um, here's a funny aside. One of my old sports editors, who, who is still an occasional colleague, and I, I see him down some of the football games, you know, once we've done our COVID testing and entered the bubble uh, these days, he now works as a hypnotherapist. Oh. Makes more money doing hypnotherapy on Saturdays than he does covering football, covering <laughs> horse covering racing. Oh, fair play to him. So, yeah. well, I get his work, so I don't has mind. come out and he looks very agitated and he looks very angry with his butler Jeeves for some reason. Don't know why. Don't worry, Dean. In three short weeks, they'll start prioritizing Nitro. <laughs> Not long to go. Yeah. He's uh, got a, a cut eyebrow, which I'd imagine will be from that. Um, from that match last with, uh, week, yeah. Dave I was Finn. gonna, I yeah. was gonna say, I think that's that, but I couldn't tell you what the the Butler problems are. Heaven knows, we've all had them over here in the UK. Well, yeah, the number of Butlers we get through. Tell you what, Stinger's giving the Macho Man a run for his money in the Gaudy jacket stakes and the Gaudy face paint. Look at that! Ah, Polly with a cracker. Dave Penzer's favourite entrance music. Yeah. He's he's supposed to... Look, look at his tights. He's got a scorpion. But the upper half of his body is full parrot. <laughs> Good reaction, as always, for Sting. Flair is still living the, the, the good life and dining at that table. Yeah. So who's going through that table, Dean? Come on, let's be honest here. It's oh, wrestling. A it's a table. It's a long, it's a long going through a table shaped table, isn't it? And they could have at least t- ticked all the boxes and put a birthday cake on the table. Yes. They've missed, they've missed a beat there, haven't they? And have a limo in the uh, car park. <laughs> as long as it doesn't explode, Dean. As long as it doesn't explode. 
So um, Regal is drawing with the crowd and generally being quite agitated and just doing everything but actually wrestling, which is uh, which, something he's tremendous at. Yeah, you know what? I know everyone's mileages vary on stalling in wrestling, but physically these two, it'll be a bit of a styles clash. Hopefully it'll still be good. But one thing they are natural with is personality-wise, you've got a classic villain and a classic good guy. So in their mannerisms, in their working of the crowd, it's all laid out for them easy as one, two, three, isn't it? Yes. And some tremendous selling now from Regal. Sting went for the Scorpion very, very early. Grabbed both the legs. Regal was able to scoot across to the ropes, but is now selling it like he's in agony. There was also a, a subtle example of one of the ultimate differences between WCW and WWE, where he was using those, and he still is, he's using those face, those world-class facial expressions. But you'll notice he's always had them in his locker. Mm. But it wasn't until he became William Regal that the company, the commentary, the, the emphasis they place on production, it wasn't until that WWE stint that they really made that... A, re- a thing that Regal does, that everyone knows that Regal has these amazing facials. Not just you and I, but your casual fan would know that he's he's animated because they'd always have a camera on them and they'd be ready for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, WCW never yeah. emphasise yeah. those things. No, but then how many times have we said about the production values of WCW not being where it should be? And I, I mean, I think it's Regal himself. But if not, someone similar has said, "Yeah, you know, your face is your fortune." It's it's the the it's the thing that people recognise. It's the thing that, that shifts tickets that you put on posters. So, um, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's something I tell to, to students at wrestling schools of just stand in front of a mirror and, like, get get someone, get a friend, get your other half, whoever, just to say different emotions to you and then just pull that face, pull that face in the mirror and work on that. So if you were looking for a, a different time thing, uh, you've you've now got one because Sting has basically insinuated that Regal is effeminate with, yes. some, with with some of the mannerisms, but the crowd popped because it was a different time. A different time, then. Regal with a good old-fashioned hair pull there. Classic. Behind the referee's back as well. That is another thing. We were talking about things that, uh, that, that should be used a little bit more. One of them was hearing people refer to softening up a body part. Not enough commentators say softening up anymore. And another thing we need more of, Dean, is the pulling of the hair and the and the steadfast denying of the pulling of the hair. Of course. Yes. Do you know another one I like, Dean? I'm sure this will be a favourite of yours that you've, you've seen people employ in the past is when a heel gets out-wrestled cleanly at the start pulls the referee aside and tells him his hair was pulled. Yes, indeed. Love it. Or when the baby face is being, is totally out wrestling the heel. And so the heel counters behind the ref's back with a low blow. I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, but even though I can't remember the exact details, the who's, the what's, the where's, the, the fact that this spot has resonated with me, despite all that speaks volumes. There was once a bald heel wrestler, 
who complained that his hair was being pulled. <laughs> and it, it it got a great pop from the crowd. This this is the sort of stuff you love to see in those first three minutes of a of a 15-minute match. Yeah. Now, we, we also just had a close-up of Sting. And I do have to ask, what the fuck is going on with his hair? Yeah, forget what is the deal with Sting and Luger. What is the deal with Sting and his stylist? I, I believe the American expression would be soccer mum. Yeah, AJ Styles copped that one, didn't he, when it became more of a thing at that point. Uh, Sting is promoting the WCW, I think it was a NASCAR or some WCW racing car. I tell you what, there, there I was fretting about whether or not these two would have a bit of a styles clash, but no, Regal's going American easily here, and these two are having a, a, a cracking little match. A good wrestler is a good wrestler. It's, it's fascinating that he, he really did develop that reputation because there were repeated instances. This is not just a reference to like that, that Goldberg match. Regal had a lot of matches, including as William Regal in WWE, where, oh, and there's the finish. Oh, wow. I've never seen a pinfall like that. That is normally the spot where the both the wrestlers bridge, bridge up. Yeah. A, dub, a double like a arm double suplex. Yeah. Yeah. It was a double arm suplex attempt by Regal, countered into a a back body drop, but he Sting kept hold of the arms. So the double one hook stayed with the back body drop. Bit of a delay there to get a proper slam on it. And a bridge. That was lovely. And Regal's arms are hooked up into Sting's arms and he can't get out. That's a really good finish. Yeah, we've had some really good finishes in this show so far. A good finish. A nice sprint. They kept it. Joe, you know we always say about a good TV match. They didn't go. And, and these guys would wrestle on pay-per-view very soon probably because of how well received that was and, and how well the two meshed. But just yeah. to finish that little point I was making anyway, there were a lot of instances, even in WWE, of Regal having a, a really rough mesh with other people. And that's where that reputation cultivated a little bit. But right there, in 1996, he was, Regal was fluidly going through with the arm drags and the and the snaps on the, on the Irish whips. And the, it was... It beggars belief how he definitely regressed a little bit. Or maybe he just really got a little more headlong in trying to put forth a certain style. I don't know. So I'm a bit confused here because we've just been told it's meant to be Lex Luger against the Giant. And instead, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's come out. Well, you're not as confused as the production team, Dean, because they've been playing Sting's theme instead of Luger's. And after Duggan came out, as in, I'm coming out now instead of Luger, then they changed to Luger's theme. Then I was like, oh shit, that's actually Jim Duggan, and changed to Duggan's theme. See, I, I get that bit if you're making out that you didn't know Luger wasn't turning up. But they were playing Sting's theme! But they were playing Sting. Was that just from the previous match nope. or something? The lights were playing and they were talking. They were saying, where's Luger? Where's Luger? Where's Luger? During Sting's theme. And then after Duggan came out, they switched to Luger. Then they switched to Duggan after like two seconds. 
So Dave Penzer and Randy Anderson, the ref, talking to each other, see what's going on. It's a no show. Now, I'll remember that on the last watch along, Dean, you did run down the matches we were looking forward to on this one. And you did say, oh, it looks like we're getting Giant and Jim Duggan again. Mm. Which seemed a bit weird to us at the time, but within the context of the of the show, obviously, yeah, it makes more sense. We we might need to refrain from looking at the results ahead of time. Ah, <laughs> uh, now Mongo has just said on commentary that this happened this happened to Lex Luger on Saturday night as well. So we've obviously got some kind of angle where Luger isn't showing up for matches and is making excuses about it. Ah, so after coming and going from straight babyface a billion times, we can now finally ask once again with sincerity, what is mm-hmm. the deal between Sting and Luger? What's the deal between Luger and WCW as well, with the sound of it? Strange. So basically, Jim Duggan is now going to be facing the Giant for the second time in as many months, probably. And yeah, uh, I was, I, I think I was a little harsher on it at initial viewing. It was, it wasn't terrible the first Doug and Giant match, but it wasn't great either. And it went far too long for the guy who they yeah. were grooming to be what he is now, the world champion. I, I remember it's because they had the, the anger with Brian Pillman in, in as well. But what what's, we've got here is that as the giant was stepping over the ropes, as he had one leg in and one leg out, Duggan started uh, punching him. Yeah, and after after that jump attack by the babyface Duggan, um, they then stopped. He went, giant got in the ring and they did their poses in their respective corners like he wasn't just attacked. And Duggan's had to do it yeah. again. That was weird. It's just it's a bit of an odd challenger because there's no intrigue in this. In that, no one in that arena, I think, thinks that Jim Duggan's going to win the world title tonight. Yeah, the intrigue is Luger's going to show up, right? Mm. Yeah, they they definitely can't go anywhere near as long as their first match. I know that much. Keenan asks, so, where's Kevin Sullivan? Yeah. Because it's just Jimmy Hart out here. And it has been for a little while, hasn't it, really? Not much movement in the crowd watching this. No, Joe telegraphing that by going one more. Oh, yeah. Duggan's going for a slam. Ooh. I suppose I like he... that. The way that the giant had one leg go off the ground and then come back down he's, again. Yeah, he's he, he's definitely mature beyond his years. He's 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 still a little green at this point, but he's so much better than a lot of other wrestlers who'd wrestled as many matches as him at this point. Mm. And as you as any of us have seen, whenever Paul White appears on screen on TV or in a movie, he always had that natural take to it. He, he was always a natural. He understood the little things you were touching upon earlier, like the facial expressions, the the way you carry yourself, the little things you add that that catch people's attention. Mm. 
So Duggan is now pretty much being dominated by the giant. He's down on the floor outside with Jimmy Hart barking in his face with that megaphone. Yeah. Hill manager Jimmy Hart antagonizing babyface wrestler Jim Duggan as he has probably every calendar year at this point since (laughs) 
and he's stopping the giant from attacking Sting, but he's not hitting the giant. Now, I'm sorry, but if I was having a live TV show and Lex Luger, the man in my main event, decided to turn up to work a minute and a half before the show went off air, I'd be having words with him on Monday morning, you know, or Tuesday morning. You're, you know you're I mean? sacking that employee, aren't you? You probably have already sacked that employee. At the very least, we're having some words, Liam. It's going on his record. <laughs> but would you let him off if he was wearing an awesome pinstripe workout outfit like Luger is? No, I think that just make things worse. <laughs> oh, a mean gene is here to ask the question. What is the deal between the deal Sting, and Luger? Sting and Luger? Sting and Yeah. He says, look at the mess you caused, he says to Luger. He said, of course he went to be here because he wants to wrestle for the title. Why would he deliberately miss this? Which is a fair point. It is. Two weeks in a row. And this is the first time we've seen Luger stand up for himself. Because no, normally he weasels out of it in that hill dynamic. But but these two are, are going well, hammer and tong yeah. in an argument here. We're running out of time. Luger is insisting that it's all entirely genuine. And we've we've literally just gone off the air like that. We've run out of time. Um, well, it flew and, by. I'll say that much. Yeah. And that, and that is that. Is that. So... Um, we are, we are left on a on a, a can we call that a cliffhanger? A little bit, you know. It depends. I mean, it's not like the cliffhanger you'd see a TV show employer at a season finale before they unload like another batch of episodes next year. But it yeah. is definitely the sort of thing you'd see from episode three going into episode four for a little yeah. bit of suspense. Here's that little bridge there. I mean, it wasn't the, the greatest nitro, but it was up against the taped Raw. So, we, you know, we know they bring out the big guns for, for when Raw goes live. Just out of interest, because I know you're wondering, Raw was uh, Raw looked a decent card, actually. Mark Merrow against the 1-2-3 kid. Davey Boy Smith v Fatu. Um, Skip and Zip against Techno Team 2000. Do you remember them? I'm sorry, did you and, say it was uh, a decent card? And uh, the main event was Undertaker against Aaron Hart. So, oh. um... Yeah, you see, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it was all right. So, um, next week uh, on Nitro, what do we we have? We have we have our main event at last of Giant against Lex Luger. Hmm. Um, but we also have um, Ric Flair against VK Wall Street, the Steiners against Public Enemy, and this one, which is I think is going to be very good, just because I know their history in Europe. Chris Benoit against David Taylor. Oh, what Squire Dave Taylor is he's now called? Uh, you, you'd imagine there's only one winner there because one is being pushed and one is not. But yes, it should but be I an interesting be five minutes. Yeah, yeah, decent enough match. Um, because they will be very familiar with each other. So um, so yeah, that that is uh, that is that. Um, we will be we are we are um queuing up another another guest very shortly for another pay per view review um and we'll we'll keep on uh, 
Well, we're going to try during, especially during this lockdown. We're going, to, as Liam said, we're going to try and you know put out some weekly content. So if it's not a pay per view review, it'll be a watch along. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at because WCW or go to because wcw.podbean.com through our for our entire back catalogue. Also available wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, so please do subscribe to us, rate and review us, leave us a leave us a review. Um, we do really appreciate each and every one of you who takes the time and trouble to download our episodes. Um, because Liam, this is a second golden age of podcasting. It's going to be a golden forever of podcasting if you listen to Because WCW. Because this is the podcast where the big boys play. Just look at the adjective podcast. Lim, we're out of time. <laughs> um, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to wait for the next episode of Nitro to find out what's going on between Sting and Lex Luger. I'm afraid. Oh man, oh, I was really hoping it'd get wrapped up in the last thirty episodes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been fun, but I mean, uh, uh, above all else, that that was a good episode. It flowed through nicely, but you can see the the things that that, that are just getting repeated week after week. You know, Savage is off the deep end. Uh, what's still with Luger and Sting? They're, they're they're really outstanding. Welcome a little bit, but it's still enjoyable wrestling. So I look forward to the next one. And and we know, of course, that in the next few weeks, this you know these people are all going to kind of come together. Um against the common enemy oh yeah that script is getting flipped then yeah so um it's it's all building nicely i i would say so uh, yes right so um on marvel Lynn, this is me twisted genius saying thank you very much for listening please do check out our back catalog and we will see you very shortly i'll see you ringside <laughs>